This week on Intrigued, Full Effect. Please help me find my son's body. Just please let me know what happened to my son. That's all I am asking. I want to know the truth. I'm Shandrea Thomas and welcome to episode 15. In this podcast, I talk about curious cases, disappearances, and other stuff. And today I'm talking about the curious case, disappearance, and death of 27-year-old Christopher Harris from St. Louis, Missouri. This is an update on a case that I covered while I was working as a reporter in St. Louis. And I remember there was a lot of mystery surrounding the discovery of a red sneaker. There were a lot of questions about how and why Christopher Harris disappeared on July 9th of 2017, and I'll get into the whole thing about the red shoe in a bit. I spoke to Christopher's mother, Felicia Thomas-Macon, and I reached out to St. Louis City and St. Louis County Police about the case. This is what happened. It was the early morning hours of July 9th, 2017 at the 4200 block of 37th Street in South St. Louis. According to family members, Christopher was living with a relative and spending the night with his girlfriend. At some point during the night, he left the home and was never seen again. But his condition and state of mind when he left the home are unknown. Those details are a bit sketchy. Later that morning, his car was found about 30 minutes away near Highway 67 and the Lewis Bridge in Alton, Illinois. This after St. Louis County Police got a call about a suspicious vehicle. At the same time, a missing persons report was filed in St. Louis City. I caught up with Christopher's mother, Felicia, and this is what she says happened when she found out her son was missing. And here's a side note. Felicia says there were inaccurate reports that the car was wrecked, but she says that's not true. In fact, she says the car was found in perfect working condition. Okay, uh, so Felicia Thomas-Macon. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me about your son. I know we haven't had a conversation about him in a while, um, but the last conversation that we had, you were telling me about they had actually identified him um, based on some DNA. So so tell me what happened to your son, uh, for those who may not be familiar with this case. Yes, July the 9th, 2017, they called me. I got a call off my job. I was there working. It was a Sunday morning. I called my prep partner. Yeah, my husband had rode over there with me on 37th Street where he was living with his aunt. Um, when I arrived there, there were police cars everywhere. Walked into the home. His family on his father's side was there. My son was not there at the home. I'm hollering, screaming, crying, asking, where is my son? Where is my son? I was attempting to go downstairs, but I stopped at the end of the steps because I saw trails of blood where he slept at by his bed. Um, nobody could give me answers where my son was. That was the most devastating day of my life, the most scariest, the most heartbreaking. His dad was there standing there with tears. And the girlfriend that was there that said she was there tonight, she woke up and he was gone. My prayer partner asked her what happened. She stated he was in and out and um Something about some blood was on his leg that she noticed. And I left that day not knowing where my son is. From there, I've been fighting for answers. I asked for my son's phone log. St. Louis Police Department did not give me a copy of the phone log because they said that the aunt and my son Christopher's phone log was connected and they had to get a, a subpoena from to get it. I never got that. I've asked for searches. I've asked for them to search the cars with the blue light. I've got no answers back for what have been done yet. 
Then on Labor Day of 2017, two months after Christopher's disappearance, two hikers at Bee Tree Park in St. Louis County were walking along the western banks of the Mississippi River. That's where they found a red sneaker. It was a size 13 and the remains of a foot were left inside. According to St. Louis County Police, crews searched with both canine and cadaver dogs and they searched by air and water but found nothing and had no idea of who the shoe belonged to at the time. So Felicia, when it came to the shoe, the red shoe, at what point did you realize that it was your son? And when you first heard about the story about this red shoe that was found, did you instantly think it was him or something dealing with him? I did not because in my mind, if you all said you all found the car in the quarry, about the quarry, and um, near Austin and going in the water, my thing is the body go down the water is going to float back up. So, no, I never would think that the one shoe would be my son. No, not in a million years. So what went through your mind when you realized that it was him and it was his shoe? Like, how did you know that that was his shoe? Uh, St. Louis County had contacted me to come do a DNA swab to send it off uh, for DNA testing to Texas. So did you ever actually see the shoe? No, never. We asked to see it. And no, they never gave it to us or showed it to us. No. And I had emailed them, the police department, a copy of the picture of him in the red tennis shoe and uh, his cardinal shirt on. And my uncle's home going. And then all of a sudden, a couple of months later, all of a sudden they come up with this red shoe stuff. On May 30th, 2018, almost nine months later, after DNA testing, St. Louis County Police confirmed that the foot belonged to Christopher Harris. The only thing left of the 27-year-old were the remains of that red sneaker. And according to investigators, the foot wasn't forcibly removed from the leg. That comes from medical examiner's reports and leads. And according to the medical examiner's report that Felicia gave me, they determined that Christopher's death was a suicide. Felicia sent me a picture of her son's skeletal remains, and I asked her if she really wanted me to use the picture in the video version of my podcast. But Felicia told me that she wanted to show the picture of the foot because she has a hard time believing that was a suicide and that it can be determined by the condition of her son's foot. She also suspects foul play in Christopher's death. Still trying to get answers. All they found was a foot, the right foot. And the rest of his body, don't know where it is. They're trying to say that the shoe, his foot was in, supposed to be in a red tennis shoe, was found. Attached, this detached from his body. The, no autopsy or anything was done, I guess, because there is no other part of the body. I just want answers. I just want to know. I, I can't go off just the foot. Supposed to have been found off the riverbank or something. Um, don't yeah, even look at tree park. Yeah. Cause I remember covering that, uh, when that shoe was found and we didn't know who it belonged to at the time. So that was a pretty big mystery back then. And then the DNA came back and said it was your son. Yes. Yes. But the question is, where is the rest of my son's body? If they, if he went in the river, he should have floated right back up. So then I attempted to go to, I did not attempt. I did go to St. Louis County health department and Dr. Casey, the administrator gave me copies of the report, how they supposedly came up that he committed suicide. That's sort of, there's no way, there's no autopsy. Then you don't know what happened to my son's body before he got to wherever he was at. 
So how did you make this decision? And she said she made it from the family, what they told her. I said, well, I need facts. So she gave me a copy of the x-ray of the right foot. I, I think I sent you that. And um, um, that I just can't go off that. I just need more answers. I need more. I also wanted to know more about Christopher's state of mind. Let's backtrack a little bit on this. Why did they decide to come up to the conclusion that it was a suicide with your son? So let's just be clear about what his situation was and where his mind and where his life was at that time. What can you tell me about that? I can tell you that my son was really not himself. That's all I could tell you. What mental state in this was, I can't tell you because I was not living with him. who was living with his aunt at the time. She's a whole nurse, so she would know more about his mental status or physical status or whatever than I would. I would see him randomly because I work full time. He was working full time at Panera Bread. So, I mean, he was still being productive that I know. Talked to him occasionally concerning picking up my grandson and, you know, dropping him off to him or what have you. He did make statements before that, um, I don't know if somebody was after him or something. Had he ever, did he have a history of mental illness, of depression, of anything of that nature leading up to this day that you knew of? Not that I knew of. Not when he lived with me, he never suffered with depression. He never was on depression medicine with me and none of that. Okay. And you said your son had actually mentioned something to you about he thought someone was after him. How long ago was that between when the time he disappeared and when he told you that, what was the time frame between that? It had to be. And I even told the police that he said, I saw the body. I saw the body. That may have been two months prior to him um, coming up missing. Yes, ma'am. And I told the St. Louis City and County Police Department that he did make that statement. At the time, I didn't know what was going on. I really didn't know what was going on. Okay, so you, you think in some capacity, your son may have been a witness to something that he wasn't supposed to see and that there was some sort of retaliation on him or something? Is that what you're thinking? In my heart and soul, I believe. But I can't say. I can't say. But I, I really don't know. But I think so in my heart and soul. It is a mystery. I don't know. What in your heart do you believe may have happened with your son? Cause, because you said he was worried about some things leading up to his disappearance. So if you want to say scientifically, most people that goes in the water, they come back up floating. So just to come by foot. You know, listening to the streets and the family and the uh, co-workers and stuff, just a foot, everybody just is speculating that he might have, somebody might have did something. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I really, really don't know. Honestly, I don't. But it's not adding up, Sandria. It's not adding up with just a foot. I don't know who to trust at this time. I mean, with human trafficking going on, with um, people cutting up our black men bodies and taking different parts of the body out, all kind of things. It's, I, I can't say, I can't pinpoint it, but it's, it's a puzzle. It's a mystery. I mean, I want to know. I can't sleep half the time at night wondering. I asked the captain at the meeting, can you live without a foot? He told me yes. Now, how can you Say somebody gone if you don't have a skull or something else. This even one of the detectives said, yes, you can narrow it out, narrow it down if you had a skull. Even like Jerome Baker, they found his skull. 
with Monique's paper. Yes, they rule. They put undetermined on that death certificate. But with mine, you can live with a foot and you say, foot, you know more. Somebody know more or something. I don't know. I can't see how they can come up with that. Felicia says everything about her son's case is suspicious. She also says that some detectives agree. Where they found the car. He said it was suspicious where they found the car. Everything, everybody I talked to said it was suspicious. At this point, what do you want to happen? Is it St. Louis County who's over this? St. Louis City? What have you been, who have you been dealing with? What detectives have you been talking to? Detective Tom Taylor is over missing in the county. I've spoken, talked with him. And uh, Officer Jenny McCurn is over missing in St. Louis City. Tell me what your last conversation was with Christopher. And what did you talk about? How did you feel at the end of that conversation, you know, moving forward? My last conversation with my son was at St. Louis Science Center on July the 2nd. I gave him a hug. It was after church. We met there. And it was the 4th of July, and I gave him some things for the 4th of July for his son. My grandson, Christopher Jr., he gave me a hug. We kissed, and that was that was it. Let me ask you this question. This is I know this is a hard-to-hear question. Do you believe that there is a possibility that your son may have committed suicide? Do you think that's absolutely not a possibility at all, and it's something else? Or you just need to make sure you have real solid answers as to what really happened so you can just kind of shut the, you know, close the book on this, the chapter. I don't know what happened, Sandra. I would like to know. I've been doing all my own search. Like I said, I've been to St. Louis County Health Department. I've been to the city police department. I've even talked to Panera Bread with um, where he worked to get medical information or the life insurance policies or whatever my son had. And I can't, I, nobody give me anything. I've even been to the hospital signing, trying to get his medical records. Nobody would give me anything. They said the police had to get it because it was under investigation. So I don't know what happened. And in my heart and soul, I want to know. I don't know. That's why I'm trying to do everything the right way. And it's like no doors are opening for me to know the truth. Was there a suicide note found? Was there anything like that? They said it was not no suicide note. Okay. What about the coworkers when you talked to them? Did they say anything about how he acted at work or what he was talking about? Or When I went to Panera Bread, the coworkers that my son worked with, they said they could not say anything. They was told not to say anything, but uh, they gave me hugs and told me sorry for the loss. And that's all I got from them. Let me ask you about the, the DNA process and situation. So at what point did you decide or did you know to go to put your DNA in the name system and then get the ID for your son? I knew that by calling and also, you know, looking for an angel, Theta um, persons now and Regina Sykes, they helped me out uh, through the, the process of, you know, them going through this already. So a lot of my information to what to do with my son missing, I had help support with the organization. When it comes to the streets, right? Because there's always people talking in the streets about what they think may have happened and all this type of thing. What have you heard from that standpoint regarding what happened with your son? Nobody have told me nothing yet. All I've heard is speculations, but I have not heard nothing solid about anything. And that's why I'm just want the truth what happened to my son. So there are really no theories or anything about what people are just guessing happened or? No, they in limbo too, Sandra. They want to know the truth too. They're upset and they're mad too. What can you tell me about the impact that this has had on your family and on your grandson? 
this impact has truly changed our lives. My son loved his son dearly. And it, it's a shame that he had to live without his father. And that's heartbreaking to me. I had to go to therapy over a year myself, sleepless night, not wanting to eat, just searching and wondering, my mind wondering, is he still alive? Isn't he alive? Do somebody have him hostage? Is he in heaven? Is he, it's just all over. You know, it, it's just, it's not right. It's just, it's just not right. A mother cannot hold her child or just kiss or say the last goodbye, put him to rest in a casket just like everybody else is able to do. It just was very unfair to me and my family how this whole ordeal went down. When it comes to searches, what did you guys do when he first disappeared? How did you get, did you guys activate any type of search parties or anything like that? Yes, Regina Sykes had asked me to reach out to Dave, Texas search team. And at first, St. Louis City kept denying it. For what reason? They was like, let me waste time. They had to give the okay uh, to the news media, and they had to give okay to the search team. I don't know why they was holding out on the search, but they said that the search, I, I finally contacted Dave's search team. I talked to him, and what he told me is that what they found, um, they're waiting for the investigation. That's all he gave me. So let me make sure I'm, I'm understanding that then. So, um, so cause I know that a jogger found the foot. So Texas EquiSearch found some other things that the, that, that the police are looking at right now as well. More than just the foot then I know that, um, I have a copy of the report from St. Louis County. I've read it like several times, but some of the things I can't understand on there. But whatever it is, I did get an opportunity uh, to have uh, William C. Harris take care of it. Um, the William C. Harris directors, that's why I had a memorial service. And William C. Harris said it was kind of suspicious. We sent it to the victim of crimes as well. Just, just to clarify what you're saying, you have indications that there is some suspicious something in regards to your son's death. Yes. Okay, yeah. so you got that information based on what Texas EquiSearch found and what St. Louis County investigators found? And, you know, he, his memorial starts with C. Hurd. So what he had as well, he suggested that I send it to the victim of crime as well. And that's what I did. Tell me about the car. Was his car processed? Was the house processed by police? What happened with that? That car was supposed to stay the whole time in investigation until September the 4th was his death date, they say. But that car was released from Bowling Towing Company around the 12th, 13th of July. They said you had to have a, a power of attorney. Me and my family went and looked at the car. car looked like it had a little blood in the inside of it. He told us not to touch it because Mr. Bones said it still was under investigation. And, and it looked like it had not been in an accident or anything. So somebody came and got the car from the Golden Towing Company, and I haven't heard anything else about it. I'm assuming police police pr processed that car. Yes, they did. They gave person permission to go get it, and I don't know if they did a thorough job or what. Like I said, it's, my hands are tied without a lawyer. My goal is to have one because I can't. They won't give me no information. Even my son phone log, I haven't even got a copy of that. 
to know if he was trying to call 911 or anything if something was happening. I, I wish one day I can change the law that somebody go missing that they should allow the mother or father or somebody get the call out within 24 hours. And, and that leads me to my next question. Did, did police tell you that they pinged his phone? Every time I asked about my son's phone, Officer McCurran kept for referring me back to his aunt because their phones were connected. Yes. And they had to get a subpoena to do that. And I never, I requested for it, but I never got any answer about that as well. Hey, let me just kind of switch gears a little bit. Tell me about your son. Tell me about his personality, what he was like, and what is his missing from your family? How is it impacting you? He was the stronger one. And one one is my strongest child. Christopher was very productive. He graduated from McClure North High School. He went to, I, I don't know if it's better about ITT Tech. He went for electrician engineering. Christopher um, worked at Panera Bread when he was 17 all the way up. A great dad. He was a, a great father. He was just a great, you know, great son. He loved his family. There is this illusion and idea that people have about St. Louis and young black men in St. Louis and the things that they think that they're involved with. And things like that. So I know there, there, there could be some assumptions made about Christopher. I just want to be clear about all of this. Was he ever involved with anything? Did he ever get into any trouble? Was he pretty much kind of staying out away from that type, you know, from any type of trouble? Christopher never in my home. Christopher never was in juvenile. Christopher never had a record that I know of, which is such a blessing for a young black male. What do you want to see happen at the end of the day? justice. I would like to see justice for my son as well. And also, I just feel it's very unfair for them to just come up with suicide if they don't have a whole body with an autopsy or anything. You know, it should be undetermined until they, they solve the case, Andrea. That's, that's really what I want. I think it's very unfair that that's on his death certificate when they can't tell me 100%. They're going by speculations. Is there anything else you want people to know? I just want the awareness to get out there that, you know, it could happen at your door. And they're just now connecting the dots from the car bin in Austin and the blood trail at the house and then the foot found in Beechree Park. If you had one more chance to hug your son and to tell him something, what would you say to him? I love you. I just wish I could just have him again. It's just heartbreaking. I see you one day. And then the next day you're not here. It's just so unbelievable. I just wish I could just hold him again. I just pray for the past that's going through this and the child is missing. The world is just so evil right now. And it's just more love and the killing and all this. The evilness needs to just stop, you know. And and it's just, it needs to stop. All right. Is there anything else that uh, you want you want to add? Or is that pretty much what you wanted to say? Just please help me find my son's body. Just please let me know what happened to my son. That's all I am asking. I want to know the truth. I reached out to St. Louis County Police and St. Louis City Police about the case. And according to information released by the county, based on the fact that the body has not been recovered, an exact cause of death is impossible to determine. As for St. Louis City, Christopher is still listed as an active missing persons case. When it comes to my final thoughts about this case, a lot of questions come to mind. Why was there blood in Christopher's room and his car? And why did he vanish on that particular day in July? Was Christopher depressed and suicidal? 
Well, according to some of the police reports that Felicia gave me, there were claims made by people in his inner circle that he was allegedly on antidepressants and had anxiety issues. But Felicia says she has a hard time believing that based on what she knows about her son and where he was in his life. And what about the statement that Felicia made about her son telling her that he saw a body? Could that be connected to his death and disappearance? That's something to think about. I'm also curious about what police and search teams found in the car, the scene, and the house, and how they can determine that it was a suicide with no note and just a foot. I think about Felicia, and I wonder how she can live day by day with no solid answers, and even if it's not what she wants to hear, some sort of full answer is better than nothing at all. If you have information and details in this case, call St. Louis County Police at 636-529-8210. You can remain anonymous. If you have a case that you want me to check out, just message me on the Intrigued Full Effect website or via email at intriguedfulleffect at hotmail.com. Until next time, be safe and stay true. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Intrigued Full Effect, Curious Cases, Disappearances, and Other Stuff podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the host. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The host of this podcast assumes no liability or responsibility for any activities in connection with opinions shared in the podcast. The podcast and blog associated with it shall not be used in any legal capacity or as a basis for expert testimony. Any copyright material in the podcast is approved by the owner or as part of the public domain. Music by Pond5.